I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 23 of Season 6 of Movie on Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra-esque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, One Minute at a Time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Tierney Steele of the Apocalypse Now Minute. Welcome back to the show, Tierney. Well, thank you for having me back for the the minute of all minutes. Yes, the minutes of all minutes where where we only minutes have one person we only no. have one person talk the entire minute, <laughs> and we don't even know who and, it is. And yet, it's yes, a no name person. <laughs> yeah, I I was actually you know right before we started recording, I was looking once again to see if I can find find you know if he's listed uncredited in IMDb, and there's no way of knowing. There, it doesn't <laughs> say like guy with key or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. So there, there, there's someone named Charlie and there's someone named Mickey. So it could be one of those, but I don't know. know, It's not Alfalfa. No, (laughs) no, 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 no. That's all we got for (laughs) you. That's right. And so minute 23 begins with couples uh, continuing to, to continue to dance and ends with George and Mary uh, continuing to be oblivious. I mean, we talked earlier in the week of how oblivious they are of, or how oblivious George at least is of Mary yeah. and her love for him. Uh, this this goes to show that that once their eyes are locked, they're well matched. Uh, yeah, they're just completely oblivious to everything else. So, who knows? <laughs> I I have that written down under uh, tomorrow's notes, but yes, it does start here. Um, the fashion. This is like fashion minute. I feel like for this week. Um, those, because I always think of those those socks and pants that that Sam was wearing is like golfing attire. Yeah, it looks a little strange. <laughs> and then uh, what? What's yeah. What's great is that you know it starts off by showing all these different couples uh, dancing. We see the principal walking around, you know, with his hands in his pockets to to try to you know see who's dancing and who's you know who needs to get tapped out, and then. He first of all, there's there's a couple there where you see it's he's a really really big guy, and you see like the 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 bib of his uh, of his tuxedo is like flapping mm-hmm. out. It just looks oh, yeah. really really funny the way that it is because the girl that he's dancing with it looks tiny. You know, I, I actually I, I actually know a couple who you know he must be like six five and you know two hundred fifty pounds and she is like five feet tall, you know, and and whenever I see them, it just, it, I mean, they've been married now for probably 25 years, if not longer. And it's just funny just looking at the two of them because they, they look so mismatched, but you know, if it works, it works. 
<laughs> so the, this couple sort of reminded me of them. And and then so we see the principal walk over to a couple and for the first time watching this after seeing this movie so many times, this is the first time I actually noticed that this is actually Violet. Yeah. And yeah. Violet is dancing with Sam. That's Sam Wainwright. The two of them are dancing together. Which and would Violet and Sam have been a good couple? Uh, quite possibly. I mean, they're 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 dancing up a storm. You know, yeah. I think Violet. I think Violet might have been uh, quite happy knowing how Sam, you know, turns out. You know, because yeah. he becomes a millionaire, she she would be very happy. But we we end up meeting Sam's wife uh, later on. Um, trying to remember yeah. if we if we even told her name. I, I don't even know if she has any. Uh, she, I think she does have like one line where she says you should come visit us or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's when it's, it's, it's one it, of those, you know, it was a throwaway line. Yeah. yeah. And well, that's wh- why, like when I write, cause I write stories about teenagers and I, I've many times gotten the note like, Oh, do these two people end up together? And I'm like, Oh no. And, and readers are like, what, why? And I'm like, because most people don't marry someone they knew in high school. I mean, like, not that that never happened. Obviously tons of people marry people they knew in high school, but like, most people go on with their lives and meet someone somewhere else. <laughs> right. Right. And and as so. movies tell us, most uh, you know, most couples that are, you know, the the king and the queen of the prom that, you know, their their marriages uh, don't last. You know, at least is what yeah. movies say. You know, yeah. whether you know, but in I, real I, life just, obviously just seeing them dancing together, I'm like, you know, they're friendly, they're from the same place, but they're both super ambitious. I wonder if Violet and Sam could have had like a nice life together. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's very possible. And it's just really, really weird because the the principal goes over and taps Violet. Mm-hmm. Right. And he like points at her feet and like laughs and she laughs back. And then she just she gives him a hug and then she turns back and they continue dancing. <laughs> so yeah. was she tapped out or not you know was it was it that i'm tapping yeah. you out and then she gives you know the principal a hug and he's like okay continue you know i, I don't know <laughs> yeah. you know well, it's, it, them, it's like they're not doing the char- i mean like they're dancing to the beat but they're not doing the charleston step so like is i was trying to figure out like is that what he was tapping out like bye you know you're not doing it. She's like, I know. Well, I'm just having fun. <laughs> and he's like, okay, keep having fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You're you're out of the race for the loving cup that no one actually wants. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then oh. this shot changes, and we see George and Mary dancing, but only George is really dancing because you know he's he's got his hands on his knees and yeah. moving back and forth. And she's- what is that called? <laughs> I have no idea. And she's clapping and dancing around and like running around him in circles, you know, and they're, she's looking at another couple who are dancing as if to, yeah. to maybe copy what they're doing. But, but the, the girl, doing his own thing. but the other girl <laughs> isn't running around uh, the guy, you know, George, uh, George and the guy are both doing the same crazy thing with their knees. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was like, a cool move yeah. and i think she i think mary kind of like panics and does that who amongst us have not panicked our way into a really bad dance move in our life 
Um, and then maybe her looking at it and be like, oh God, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. What am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> so she's looking at the other couple maybe to uh, to get some inspiration, but they just seem to be having a real good time. That's right. And they're enjoying themselves. And I think that's the, the important thing, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the, the shot changes and we, we see Alfalfa sitting there uh, daydreaming lovingly. You know, uh, making a seem, mm-hmm. making it seem as if he's staring at Mary, and then a friend, or I guess, I assume it's a friend of his, comes up to him and says, "What's the matter, Othello? Jealous?" Now, what's great is that when I looked on IMDb, what is Alfalfa's mm-hmm. character's name in the movie according to IMDb? He is known as Freddy Othello. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's not like a play to make me feel uneducated for not remembering anything about Othello. Like, like that legit just might be his name. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I mean, Othello for 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 anyone who who doesn't know is a tragic play written by Shakespeare. Uh, it's assumed that it was written in 1603, and it revolves around two main characters, Othello and Iago. And so Othello is a uh, military commander who's a Moor who is serving as a general in the army that's uh, trying to defend uh, Cyprus against the the Ottoman Turks. And he was married to uh, Desdemona, who is a Venetian uh, woman who is much younger than he is. And apparently uh, her, her father doesn't know that the two of them get married. And then his hmm. his second in command named Diago uh is is uh you know basically gets him jealous. And it uh until the the point where Othello actually uh ends up killing his wife when in during rage. Hmm. And uh, the whole story deals with uh passion, jealousy and obviously the whole issue of race. And, uh, you know, I thought the connection here was because of the jealousy. You know, the whole idea. I mean, the, the most one of the yeah. most famous lines of Othello is, Oh, beware, my lord of jealousy. It is the green-eyed monster, with, which, doth, which doth mock the meat it feeds on. So, And I would love it if that was their Shakespeare cl- uh, play that year. Like when so when I was in high school, every year there was a Shakespeare. Like freshman year was Romeo and Juliet. Sophomore year, I'm blanking on. Junior year was Julius Caesar, and senior year was Hamlet. Why can't I remember what year? But like that became like the cultural touchstone of the year because everyone had read it and had <laughs> to study it. So I would love it if like they just finished reading Othello like two weeks before this happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that would have like, been great. Ah, he's jealous. I can make a reference. I'm so smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, so, can, I can make a reference. We're about to meet Chekhov's swimming pool. There you go. <laughs> uh, actually, would you um, call it, would I you say, realize... would you call it Chekhov's swimming pool? Because it doesn't show up later. It's no, right here. No, I would call it because it's already showed up here. Um, I did not realize until watching it for this project, but last week, um, is it the principal said to him, 
hey, George, what a great idea to put the swimming pool under the, uh, ah, okay, that's what you're referring uh, to. the right. gymnasium. It saved us a building. So it was George's idea to put the swimming pool here <laughs> that yes. he was about to get dumped in. Yeah, we, we actually discussed that last week about whether when the principal says that, is he saying that it was George's idea or is he just mentioning to George, wow, this was such a great idea? Because it doesn't say you had a great idea. He just says it was a great idea. So it could be it could be interpreted both ways. I like the fact that it was George who 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 was the one who who uh, suggested it. You know, because <laughs> which would sort of make sense if he was been working if he's been working in the building alone for a few years. Yes, and he's interested in building for himself, not just the loan side. You know, like that's right. He has an interest in architecture and stuff, so it would make sense that he would be like, "Hey, I have this great idea." Um, you're that's right. right. It, I guess it doesn't say you had a great idea but i yeah. was like oh george you yeah for to... sure no, no we again as i said we talked about it last week because it it makes so much sense that that's what it is so i'm actually now going to call this other character iago because it makes sense to to call him that since he doesn't yeah. have a name and he says to 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 freddie he goes did you know there's a swimming pool under this floor and did you know that button behind you causes this floor to open up and did you further know that george bailey is dancing right over that crack and then he like he gives a little bit of a smirk and goes and i've got the key <laughs> and he he shows a little bit of a key <laughs> which i found very strange because it's like that button over there and here's the key and i'm like i and they showed like oh he has to unlock the little door but i don't know it was just this was written for effect not practical description of what you needed to do <laughs> That's right. That's right. But but it's great like, the way that it plays out. Yeah. Yes. You know they. they I'm like, what do you need a key for? <laughs> yeah. But it was a button. Um. And maybe have, maybe back then that's what it is. You know. <laughs> no, I think it's one of those like in the elevator. You know, like you have to turn the key to be able to press like. So no one, and not, not just anyone could walk over and press the button and open up the swimming pool. I get That's that. Right. That seems yes. like a reasonable safety feature. Mm -hmm. um, as as someone who was stage manager and totally had keys to the school, the, like, man, I relate to this character so much where it's like, I am drunk on power of a, being an 18 year old with key or 17 year old or 18 year old. I was 17 when I graduated uh, with, with keys. I had keys to the, the, door to the music hall the auditorium and the prop room within it oh wow and i thought i was hot so in other words you need you need to <laughs> you need to be good friends with with uh with tyranny that's that's what you're saying yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah the fact that he's just like and i've got the key i'm like oh right. you think you're so cool <laughs> um and then i love it and it cool. shows once again and it shows how great of a friend Iago must be of Othello, you know, that he's willing to do this for his friend because, you know, I, I, I they never show us the repercussions of, of, of what happens here, you know, but someone no. is going to try to figure out later what exactly happened. You're like, where did this key come from? And, you know, is it a key that once you turn it, you can pull it out? Or do you have to leave the key mm -hmm. in, the, you know, or is it stuck in the lock until you turn it again? Or just leave it, or just leave it there. That's right. I mean, they're not dusting for fingerprints. This guy probably figured like, whatever, I graduated, I'm out of here. 
you can't do anything to me now. That's true. My high school is like, I graduated last week. You know, like, oh, you're suspended. I graduated last week. <laughs> oh, it's American Graffiti, actually. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you look like a duck. Um, I love this between the leg shot. Oh, it is such open. a great shot. It is such a great Ooh, shot. Oh, it's they, a good one. That's right. They, <laughs> they show us the floor. They show someone dancing. And then they show the, the floor beginning to, to open up. You know, this is like an Indiana Jones uh, uh, shot. You know, we're we're normally and and they also they they want to make you think at the beginning that this is actually George. Mm. You know, but that's part that's of the right, whole joke here. That's part of the whole joke that it's that it's not George. You know, it's you know they because because he says, "Do you want to get um, you know?" And did you further know that George Bailey is standing right over that crack? Yeah. And then they show us the crack and they show it opening up and you think to yourself, oh, now it's going to open and George Bailey is going to fall in. And then we see yep. that it's not George, you know, but I, I hops to safety and <laughs> that's right. Which, it, you know, he takes he takes a little bit of time, uh, you know, before he he, uh, you know, before he hops to safety, <laughs> you know, he, yeah. he's starting to do a split there. Well, I think there's a moment of like, oh, God, which side do I jump to? <laughs> Well, where's the girl I'm dancing with? You know, I think that that that's more of the question here. You know, <laughs> and we actually do see that. You know, at the beginning, his his feet are next to a girl on the right hand side, so he does go to the right. He goes to the correct side. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a moment of panic. Fair yes. enough. Fair enough. That's right. Um, and then yeah, and then we we see George and, and Mary dancing, and we see behind them. Mm-hmm. The floor starting to open up. Now, you know that this is real. This is a real uh, school that has that, that they, they had this. This is apparently I don't know if you can say it's one of a kind, but it's one of the few places where they actually did this. Uh, this is the known as the swim gym of Beverly Hills High School in LA. Did you know, were you familiar with that? I, I knew that this was a real thing. Right. That really exists. So basically, it's a basketball court that underneath has the swimming pool. Um, basically, you have the, the the basketball court is divided along the center line, and each half is anchored to rows of two by fours that are that have uh, steel steel beams. The court opens at the turn of a key. Motors roll. The the platforms underneath the arena bleachers, where huge exhaust fans uh, mitigate moisture, and then you have a five foot drop. And then there's a swimming pool uh, below it. Um, Which I get that, like, he says, oh, it saved me another building. But this is such an engineering project. Yes. Surely this has to be, like, as expensive as a second building. <laughs> That's right. They, they they claim that when they installed this, it actually, not a single person fell in, you know, while they were doing this whole uh, excavations, this engineering project. Hmm. All right. And yeah. so you have, obviously, it's the, the Beverly Hills uh, uh, High School. And mm-hmm. the uh, it, they actually built this in 1927. All right. So. More, you know, it, more historical accuracy for you. <laughs> that's right. There you go. And basically, I, I, came, I came across a list of so many famous people who actually went 
to Beverly Hills High and actually graduated mm-hmm. from it. Uh, so I'll just quickly go through some of them, some of the ones that jumped out. So uh, Jack uh, Abramoff, do you know who that is? Mm-mm. He was a political no, activist and businessman who was uh, eventually convicted of uh, uh, high-profile political scandals. You know, he was paying off, mm. uh, he was bribing uh, uh, a lot of politicians and stuff like that. Uh, both Desi Arnaz Jr. and Lucy Arnaz uh, went there. Mm. Um, Corbin Bernson from LA Law. Uh, Albert Brooks. Nicholas Cage. Richard Chamberlain uh, graduated from there. Uh, Jackie Cooper, another one of the, he's actually part of the Our Gang crew. Uh, Roger Corman, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Richard Dreyfus. There you go. Back to uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> back, back to your your connections. Uh, Nora yeah. Ephron uh, graduated there. Carrie Fisher. Uh, who else is on this list? Uh, we have uh, Crispin Glover from Back to the Future. Uh, graduated there. Angelina Jolie, Julie Kavner, you, you mentioned earlier this week about The Simpsons. So we have that. Uh, Lenny Kravitz, Monica Lewinsky. Uh, who else do we have here on this list? Uh, Eric, Eric Menendez, you know who that is? One of the. the oh, why do I know that name? He's one of two brothers. He and his brother, uh, Lyle, they, they, uh, they murdered their parents in 1993. Sorry, 1989. Oh, okay. I was like, they murdered their parents in 1989. I knew the Menendez brothers, but I was like, why are they famous? Why can't I remember <laughs> what they did? Yes. Rob Reiner. So there, you know, we have Rob Reiner and Nora Ephron mm-hmm. went there. So that, that that's pretty interesting, actually. But there there's a six-year difference between them, so they, they were not there at the same time. Uh, David Schwimmer. Both uh, Richard and Robert Sherman. Do you know who they are? The Sherman brothers. Yes. Where are they from? The the writer the music writers. That's right. The composers of uh, Mary Poppins. Yeah. Mary Poppins. Uh, Paulie Shore, Jonathan Silverman, uh, Slash, uh, Tori Spelling. Surprisingly, you know <laughs> Beverly Hills. I mm, could be. Uh, Betty White actually graduated from there. Oh. Yeah, so that, that, that's pretty much the most of the, the famous people. I mean, there's tons of other people that are on this list, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. I just went with the ones that that, that jumped out uh, as as people that most people would recognize, uh, you know, more simply. And you know, as we see the two of them dancing, and the and in the background, the the pool opening up or the floor opening up. Uh, behind them. Mm-hmm. So the minute ends. Did you have anything else you want to say about this minute? <laughs> no. All they, they're keep ready, us ready dis- for the excitement tomorrow. <laughs> they're going to keep us in suspense to see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So every Wednesday we have a segment called It's a Wonderful Wednesday where uh, this is actually a segment that I do and the idea is that ever since the movie It's a Wonderful Life came out there are many uh, movies and largely TV shows that have used the same premise and tried tried it with their the characters in that particular uh, you know movie or TV show to see what their lives would be like uh, had 
something changed, whether it's that they didn't exist. And sometimes it's, you know, whether they would have made a different decision in life, you know, what path it would have taken them to and stuff like that. So I, I, Tierney, I must apologize. I looked high and low to see if MASH had one of those and they don't. So I came as close as possible by picking something that has a character or one of the actors in this TV show that I'm going to talk about was on one episode of MASH. That's as close as I can I got. So I, I apologize in advance. <laughs> um, are you familiar with the TV show Charles in Charge? Yeah. I don't think I ever watched it. I think I just knew it existed. Okay. So Charles in Charge is a TV show from the, the late 1980s uh, starring Scott Bale and, you know, from Happy Days fame. And it, it ran for, for five seasons. And they had 126 episodes of this TV show. And on the 100th episode, which w- came out in uh, on the 4th of November, 1989, they had an episode called It's a Blunderful Life. Okay, the, the premise of the TV show is, is you have this, this college student named uh, Charles who in order to be able to pay his tuition moves in to be the nanny of, of the, this rich couple who have uh, two sons and a daughter. And then after the first season, they switched it to a different family who have two daughters and a son. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and in the latter part of the, the show. So the, the family that was there, they had the grandfather living with them also. And the grandfather was played by an actor named James T. Callahan who was in one episode of of mash which again my assumption is is i'll be very shocked if you everyone was in one episode of mash (laughs) that's probably true that's probably true i'd be really surprised if you actually knew which you know knew who his character was in the episode of mash that he appears in um he was in an episode in 1973 uh in the first season he was actually in the first season uh, in an episode okay. called Sometimes You Hear the Bullet. Oh, God, that's a great episode. And he plays a character named Tommy Gillis. Wow. He's important to, like, MASH lore. Oh, wait a second. That's also the episode that Ron Howard was in. Yeah. That's like, wow. All right. All right. <laughs> it's a better title anyway. Um, okay, so now I can picture him. Yes. <laughs> oh really? Okay. <laughs> I actually now need to go see this episode. Wow! I, I, see, I, the mash oh, episode. Yeah, no, the no. mash episode. I didn't watch. I watched the Charles in Charge episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> actually, you want to tell us about yeah, that mash no, episode it's a or not? Episode. It's um. It's a wonderful episode. So, Tommy Gillis. It is a wonderful episode. Tommy Gillis is a friend of Hawkeye's who is a war correspondent, a reporter on the front lines. He's writing a book um, called, is it supposed to be called, you don't hear, sometimes you hear, you don't hear the bullet. I don't remember what it no, is. No, well, the name of the His episode is sometimes it. you hear the bullet. So I'm assuming that that's the I know, the name and so that's what's messing me up. So the, the whole idea is he wants to write a book that's about like the real thing of war. You know, like, you, you know, in the movies, you hear the bullet and the guy looks down and there's blood on his chest and he falls over. And he's like, you know, I, I've now been in war. It's not like that. It's not like that. Um, and he visited Hawkeye. The parallel storyline is that Ron Howard has been injured and is in the MASH 
and is recovering or, you know, goes through surgery. The Hawkeye finds out, I think it's Hawkeye, probably, Alan Alda, uh, that the Ron Howard character is actually only a teenager. He stole his brother's birth certificate to join up when he's too young. And he, but he doesn't want to be sent home. Don't send me home. Don't send me home. Send me back to my unit. I got to go back to the guys. And Tommy Gillis comes in injured, is operated on. And he says, to, one of the last things he says is like, I heard the bullies. Like, so you'll call it some, you know, it's a better title anyway. He doesn't make it. And in a fit of, I couldn't save him, but I'll save you. Who doesn't Hawkeye make reports it? Ron Who doesn't Howard make it? Being underage. Uh, okay. Tommy I, Gillis. Tommy Gillis. This guy. Okay. And so he reports Ron Howard and is like, this is a kid who's underage who can't be here. Send him home to his mom and dad. And Ron Howard has this amazing, like, I'll never forgive you for this. And he goes, but I'll forgive my, you know, like, I again, it's that I couldn't save him, but I'm going to save you and get you out of here thing. So it's really good. And it's just beautifully acted. Wow. And I'm oh. sorry I've spoiled the ending for no, you. No, not at all. Not at all. I'm <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 reading on IMDb about it, so I, I knew sort of some of the of what what happens there. But one of the things that they they say here also is this was one of the first serious episodes of the show, which later on, you know, the, it it, it turned was. yeah 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 okay so which like yeah yeah no go ahead go ahead go ahead. no I just want to say people always say like oh. It got so serious and boring. I'm like, no, it always had serious episodes in there. Just, you know, the the tone changed. I mean, the whole series, the whole tone of the show changed, not just individual episodes. So anyway. Right. Okay, so back to Charles in Charge, which, you know, features mm-hmm. James Callahan, <laughs> you know, as as uh, the grandfather, uh, Walter Powell. So the, this episode basically is is that, that uh, Charles is – getting annoyed at the, the the three kids in the house because they are constantly doing things that are go against the rules of the house. But the grandfather still, uh, he himself breaks these rules also, you know, meaning that you're not supposed to eat outside of the kitchen and the grandfather eats out of the kitchen. So the, the kid wants to know how come he can't eat out of the kitchen. Um, the grandfather makes, uh, um, makes models using glue. You know, in places, in certain places, doesn't clean up after himself. And one of the girls is painting her toenails and or painting her fingernails. And, you know, she wants to know how come she can't do it if he can do the same. Everything. You know, things like that. And mm-hmm. and then uh, Charles gets a little upset that one of the that, that uh, the son wants to to learn how to uh, he wants to start going to gamble or to make bets. And he, he doesn't want to let him do it. And the grandfather wants to go bet. And then they, they show them in a convenience store. And the, 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 the convenience store owner wants to try and sell them a lottery ticket. And the grandfather wants to buy one. And Charles convinces him not to buy it. And then we have a cameo of Donnie Most in, in this episode. Who Anyone who is familiar with Happy Days, that was Ralph Mouth in Happy okay. Days. And he shows up and and he decides to buy that ticket. And then as he scratches it, he finds out that he won a hundred thousand dollars. So the the grandfather is obviously very upset, you know, that this was supposed to be his ticket and he could have won it. And and then uh, Charles tries to figure out how he can go and repay the grandfather for the fact that he lost a hundred thousand dollars. 
and he finds out that he has an insurance policy that he could get rid of that has double indemnity if if he gets hit by a uh, gets hit by a car or something like I think or maybe he's hit by a garbage truck or something like that I don't know and then Charles has a dream and he wakes up and sees that that he no longer exists and that he uh, he died right before the grandfather bought that ticket because he got hit by a, a garbage truck and everyone constantly keeps mentioning oh we used to have you know a servant named uh, Charles because they then became wealthy and everyone became very snobbish in the family and mm. you know Charles didn't like the way that everyone was acting at this point you know if Charles wasn't around he wouldn't have been the one to you know he wouldn't have been able to stop them all from becoming these these snobby people who uh, they 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 own like a gambling place that they're cheating people out of their money and stuff like that. And then he wakes up from the dream and everyone in the family says that they thought about it and they want to uh, apologize to Charles because they know that he's right. I mean, it's a it's a very simple way to look at the whole thing, but it's just very funny you know, the, the way that they do this. And then they see Donnie most once again in, in like the hamburger joint. And he says, uh, and he, he runs out to go uh, cash in his winnings. And then he gets hit by a garbage truck and he oh. ends up dying. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and then during the credits, they, they actually have, you know, a little bit of a joke there where uh, Scott Bayo who plays Charles actually directed this episode also. And he's there trying to convince two of the other characters, you know, that this is just a TV show and that he's not Charles. His real name is Scott Bale. And the two of them don't believe him. They think that, you know, they, they still pretend that they are the characters in the show. So whatever it, it's an okay tribute to it's a wonderful life. But, you know, I liked some of the nuances that they did there about the fact that, you know, that, that the insurance policy and, you know, things like that. But, Obviously, it's a wonderful life is is much better than than what they do with this uh, particular <laughs> episode. But it was still nice, yeah. nice to, to to rewatch it. I hadn't seen it probably in thirty was it thirty four years since it came out. So that that was probably the last time I saw it. So it was it was nice to, uh, seeing it once again. And cool. that's today's segment. So Tierney, you. Uh, why don't you tell everyone where they, how they can get in touch with uh, Tierney Steel? Ah, the best way is to go to onesteelsister.com, O-N-E-S-T-E-L-E-S-A-S-T-E-R. Uh, that has, you can email me through their uh, social media, although I have not checked Twitter in a very long time. Um, but it has links to, I did a Movies by Minute on the Movie Mash, Mash Minute, uh, which I roped my co-host Megan into. She originally thought we were going to talk about the TV show. Uh, <laughs> and It's uh, never too late. It's never too late. Summer 2024, I will be doing a not quite movies by minute, but a one song at a time of Dirty Dancing. Um, so if you like listening to me talk about people dancing in movies, Boy, howdy, have I got a podcast for you coming out soon. <laughs> are you, are you going to have videos of you dancing as a kid, uh, doing dances from uh, Dirty Dancing? Uh, as far as I know, they d- those do not exist unless I have blacked it out. Um, 
Well, no, you mentioned you you but, did um, you did mention you have a video somewhere of you doing the Charleston. So I thought maybe you know the Charleston. Yeah, it's not really a Dirty Dancing era. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Great. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Your Own Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, moveyourownminute.com. So until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly, dear. Life with its sorrow. Life with its tears